0: Algar
1: Productions. Algar Productions. Algar
0: Productions. Algar Productions. Algar Productions. No. No, 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 no. This can't be happening.
2: Typically, this is where I would fear vomit. I skipped lunch. I'd better get something into my stomach or I'm going to fear dry heave. Oh, no. No, 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 no. So, someone, someone's coming. They're going to discover my terrible secret. I'm a fraud. A failure. I'm another... Another word that starts with
3: F. Hey, Matt. What are you doing? Talking about F-words in here? Ha!
2: Nothing! Just nothing at all. Ha! Ah, I'm just breaking these adding machines for a, uh, a sketch. You know, Al, always a sucker for classic comedy. Uh, Pie in the face, slipping on a banana peel. Breaking these adding machines.
3: Oh, yeah that old joke uh, hey what is this room I've never seen it before
2: this is the the uh, this is the count room for the casino
3: what casino we have a casino no because this sure looks like the show has an accountant and that you are that accountant
2: what what what, what, what could possibly make you think that?
3: Well, the presence of a circa 1920s adding machine, an authentic Chinese abacus, and a digital calculator, the fact that you're wearing one of those translucent green visor things, but most importantly, this brass plaque on the door that says, Matt Robotham, show accountant.
2: Alright, you got me. When we launched the space station, we're handing out fancy new titles. I thought this would look good on my business cards.
3: Paul Rudd, poet laureate. I don't think any of these things are true, Matt.
2: Yeah, it turns out we're losing a lot of money on Department 8, and I don't know what that is.
3: Nope. Never heard of it. See ya. Oh, God. The
2: disappointment. I can't face it. Oh, no.
4: Joe. Could you bring me some ginger ale and saltines?
2: Joe. Uh, oh, he left.
5: This is the
0: Sarcastic Voyage podcast. Featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham.
1: Everyone, welcome to the Sarcastic Voyage
2: Podcast. Now, what are
1: you so happy about?
2: How can you tell I'm happy, Al?
1: Well, you're humming a jaunty tune, which is the audio equivalent of having a big smile on your face, which the listeners we realized wouldn't be able to see.
2: Well spotted, old Al. These fourth wall shenanigans of ours are just one of the many reasons I'm so jovial. Like jovial Bob.
1: You mean popular children's author and desiccated Stephen King stand-in R.L. Stein?
2: The very same.
1: I don't actually know who that is, and I resent you writing dialogue for me that contains references I don't get. You're just like the yellow Power Ranger. God
2: damn it. The reason, Al, that I'm so jovial, Al, is that things are finally going my way. I live in the same country as my wife, a luxury that most people take for granted.
1: True dat. Stop it!
2: Let's see. I got a great job within a month of moving here, which is particularly impressive when you consider that my background is in a dying industry that I was sure would see me on your earth welfare. The aforementioned same country wife and I are moving into a deluxe apartment in the sky.
6: We're moving on!
2: What an
1: interesting coincidence. This week I discovered that pie will literally kill me.
2: Are you confusing boysenberry with poisonberry? Because a surprisingly large number of people fall into that trap.
1: Oh, Matt. Dear, sweet, simple, very simple Matt. I have the diabetes, Matthew.
3: Ooh, that's rough.
1: How many? Definitely more than one diabetes. And you know all that cola I love drinking? All that pizza I love eating? All that insulin I love producing?
2: You do like to go on about your love of producing insulin.
1: Well, Matt... Those days are over. The answer to that timeless question, Coke or Pepsi, is, for me, neither. I can no longer do the do. I can enjoy the company of neither Dr. Pepper nor his less educated brethren, Mr. Pibb. The Sprite is no longer in me. I can no longer make seven up mine. Hey, Al. The word just came in. Coca-Cola brought back Surge. (laughs) Surge.
2: Well, while Al is rocking back and forth in the fetal position, please enjoy the rest of the show, everyone.
6: And now the adventures of Nick and Willikins.
5: This is SVN Newsbreak, and I'm Turducken Carpal Tunnel, the studio audience of SVN's hit series angry British man yells at Americans, was shocked by the sudden appearance of a man claiming to be a time traveler on the Montebank Studios soundstage where the show is recorded. Authorities have warned personnel working at that studio to vacate the premises, citing fatally high radiation
7: levels.
1: Please stand by. We
7: are experiencing technical difficulties.
0: Nick of Nick Hall, prepare for a
3: reckoning.
2: You said that already. I still don't know what it means. You. Cor, it's some kind of futureman. And Willikins! Cooy, Willikins!
1: Sir, you must run for your life. This man...
2: Never mind that. Where have you been? I've been wearing the same soiled pants for weeks now.
1: I'm entirely sure why my absence should make that situation any different than it typically is.
7: Silence!
0: Stop where you are, dear brother! You shall terrorize this man-child no more! Dear brother, we hate each other. You know that.
2: Oh, I see. You're using that quaint early 21st century sarcasm you've always been so fond of. Well, let me try.
0: I'm not going to shoot you now. Ah! A near-fatal blast from his sonic Allen wrench. It's exactly like a sonic screwdriver, only sixty-five percent more useful. Uh, Nick Wilkins, here. You must take this.
2: What that giant novelty wristwatch you're wearing? No, thank you. It looks terrible. Ah!
0: It's the device that allows me to transcend the dimensional barriers that separate space and time. Seeing as Master Nick is more concerned with his fashion sense than his survival, I'll take it.
2: bloody right you will. You love
0: rubbish. Its user interface should be self-evident. I only ask that you not touch the controls marked, Do not touch these controls.
2: What, you mean these ones? <laughs>
4: well fuck it's broad chested daylight and this is well-established facts of certainty with your host not everyone else erong spigot as ever we're here to assist the man in any way that we can in his relentless quest
5: to improve life for us all
8: real i was listening to my favorite radio program and i heard a noise come switch off the wireless at once and then investigate that commotion in the attic
6: Mom, the radio's right next to you, whereas I'm both a level above you and two levels below the attic.
8: I fail to see how either of these facts is relevant. Now get to it, Wilmikins. Chop-chop. Chop-chop is very
6: much how I imagine this waking nightmare finally ending. Be right there, Mom.
4: Line zero, you're on the air. Aaron, this is a wolfman. Of course, of course. Unless that horse is a wolfman. And for those of you who might, for some inexplicable reason, be listening in from elsewhere in the multiverse... I remind you that in our world, wolfmen are wolves who turn into men three nights a month, usually on the weekends. I'm calling
9: to encourage everyone within the sound of my voice to throw your garbage into the sea. Choke a dolphin with a six-pack ring. Create an artificial landmass of styrofoam. We only get one life, and we can't waste it doing things that don't hurt
4: the environment. Well stated my usually hear suit, compadre. Stay on the line and my producer will personally come to your house and confiscate a t-shirt from you, as is the usual custom.
8: Cool. I was listening to that!
6: Delightful. Now, as instructed, I shall head to the attic to determine the source of the... ...of that, yes.
8: That sounds exciting! And I can't bear to allow excitement to happen without me! I'm coming with you!
6: <sighs> of course you are. Hello? Is someone.
10: Cool! cool. Willikins! What, what fresh,
6: fresh hell, hell is this, this now?
2: Willikins, it's, it's me! me. But, but I'm a blooper!
6: Oh good. This should make things, make things less confusing.
1: confusing. Ah, there you are. Thought you'd be clever and escape into an alternate dimension, did you? I can assure you, cleverness had nothing to do with it.
6: I was going to say that. Silence! Now! Hold still while I adjust my atomizer for the precise harmonics of this universe. Oh, me? No, no,
2: it's me that's trying to kill you. You should be fine.
10: Nikki of Nikki Hall. Present! I am a distant descendant of yours who has learned of your tampering with the timeline. We don't
1: have to listen to all this again, do we? I feel like we've already spent considerable time. Silence. Silence!
10: Say, I've never seen you around here before.
1: Nor are I you. Perhaps whilst those two are waggling that eyebrows at one another, we can make a hasty retreat.
2: Right. Farewell, girl, Nick.
8: Doodle-pip, boy, Nicky! <laughs> Wilnikins, Why don't I have a machine that allows me to transcend the barriers of time, space, and dimension? I want one now!
6: Right, it's off to Herod's with us, then. I'd love to show you around my continuum sometime. Maybe after I finish this little assassination I'm working on.
10: I think they escaped. Damn it!
2: Don't go anywhere,
1: I'll be
4: right back.
1: And now the adventures of Dave.
2: We last left our hero, Dave the American, a dimensional rift that opened up in his living room. Which is what Americans call a parlor. Ridiculous, isn't it? Anyway, we join him now as two strangers from a parallel universe stand not three feet away from where he was watching TV. That's feet, not meters. Get it? Do, do you get it?
7: Core, you blokes appeared as if from nowhere you did.
1: You gave me a right start, and no mistake.
2: Wilkins. this isn't right. Something seems... off.
1: So it's as I feared. Every possible reality is in some way completely insufferable. Come along, sir. We're leaving. Cheers, mates.
2: call Willikins, look at all these geese! They're wearing little trousers and petticoats. Oh, this is... Let's just stay here forever.
1: He must have arrived in a reality in which geese became the dominant species rather than... Wait, here comes a human.
4: You two humans, stop right there!
1: He appears to be some sort of law enforcement official.
4: A human
2: sheriff in a world of geese. Well, why not? There's no law in the books that says a human can't be sheriff.
1: We'll just be on our way now.
2: Oh, you're no fun. Ah!
11: <laughs> Yes, sir. I did let him get away. Sorry, sir. I'll have a full report on your desk by five.
2: Willikens, where are we now?
1: According to the reading, sir, we're outside of reality, in the incalculably vast space that lies between galaxies and the infinitesimal space that lies between subatomic particles.
2: It's boring.
1: For once, I concur. Unfortunately, the assortment of urgently flashing lights on this device would seem to indicate that we can't keep jumping through realities like this. Perhaps this is why Mr. Teet Zero warned us not to touch those particular controls. I don't remember
2: any of that at all.
1: Of course you don't. In any event, it would behoove us to choose one final destination before we lose the ability to escape in this manner. We must consider our options carefully and try to determine a place and time where our pursuer will be sure not to locate us.
2: You're in luck, my friend, because I know just the place. Ah, Nick.
4: Nick. Willikens. Welcome. I've
11: been expecting you.
2: Well, fuck.
11: Space. It's dangerous out here. And you need to know that somebody's looking out for you and your best interests. I'm Solok. I'm an attorney. A real stand-up guy and also a Vulcan. Hey, why not? And I want to help. Have you been infected by a virus that strips away your inhibitions and wrapped a shuttlecraft around a telephone pole? I can help. Have you been swindled in a crooked game of fizzbin? I've been there. Has your co worker been sexually assaulted by a transporter duplicate that represents your basest animal urges? Blinded by flat rubber parasites, victimized by a plague of fuzzy cooing resource hogs, assaulted by a vicious creature that you believed was a simple little spaniel cosplaying as a unicorn, brain removed by sexy morons, ship compared to garbage by slanderous Klingons, forced to do a humiliating dance for a little person, I'm ready to assist. If you've ever been abandoned on a planet by a certain uh, Starfleet captain, you may be entitled to a large cash settlement in our class action lawsuit. If you've been caught parking in the forbidden Tallow system, the only punishable by death crime on the books in the Federation, I can reduce your sentence. Call today. Our communication officers are standing by, and we have special one beep for yes, two beeps for no line set up for the speaking impaired. So call today.
9: We cannot assist with acts of God, Viger, Apollo, Landru, Balog, Trelane, Harlan Ellison, or Harry Mudd. Klingon, hulk, Jock Mach. Crumpets, get your fresh crumpets here! Why yes, my good man, I would like a crumpet, please. What'll you have, Mum? Oh, um, what's that? That, Mum, is called the Curse of the Mummy's Curse. A delightful confection with scarab syrup over gauze-wrapped nooks and crannies. Um, and that one? Vlad the Inhaler, with bat's milk sweet cream wafted with a whiff of roasted bat meat smoke all over a crumpet batter made from the curdled blood of your enemies.
10: Oh dear. What other variations do you offer?
9: Well, I've got Reanimated Cadaver, the Lupine Intruder, uh, the Ripper of Mortal Remains, Maple Delight... Death of a thousand corpses. That one, what's that? Oh, the death of a thousand corpses. That's made with reclaimed chutney. Listen, you ghastly kite. I want a maple delight, no more of
10: your mucked snipe frippery. Yes, ma'am. And on the maple
9: delight. Oh, it's a delicious blend of maple-infused bourbon and candied bacon, sealed into the crumpet with a generous application of Colonel Mortimer of Freed Street's unguent for the hair and whiskers.
10: Ugh, fucking hipsters.
7: Sarcastic Voyage has embarked on a modest undertaking to chronicle the entirety of human history in sketch form. Join us as we uncover the mysteries of the past in our ongoing feature, which we call History. It's not as good as it used to be. In 1567, Mary Stuart, popularly known as Mary Queen of Scots, fled Scotland following an uprising. She sought asylum with her cousin, Queen Elizabeth, whose throne she had previously tried to claim. Elizabeth had her place under house arrest at the manor of George Talbot, a nobleman sympathetic to the crown. There, Mary was denied outside contact and chose to spend her days indulging in the popular contemporary pastime of embroidery.
0: Three o'clock and all's well.
10: Oh, is it well? Is all well? Well, I can't wait to hear how you find four o'clock. Well, I expect... Thank the heavens that my substandard feminine deductive reason abilities are not being taxed. A rational person might conclude from the clattering of hooves that his lordship, the only horse-owning person on this estate, has returned. But I'm clearly not... (laughs) Welcome home, your grace. Our spirits are always higher when the master returns to his manor.
5: Thank you, Mary. I see you haven't been idle while I was away, because as you know, idle hands... Devils
10: playthings, things, aye. Perish the very thought, your grace.
5: What exactly is it that you've been knitting here?
10: Embroidering, your grace. This is a special tapestry to thank our dear cousin Elizabeth for setting us on the virtuous path of righteousness and the righteous path of virtuousness.
5: That really is an extraordinary piece. What is it that I'm looking at here? This appears to be an, an orange cat, and is it... Yes, wearing a little crown and batting at a mouse. Her Majesty is a well-known animal lover. She is sure to be delighted by this. I shall have it delivered to the palace at once. We're
10: sure she shall.
9: And you say she's stitched? Embroidered. Of course, Your Majesty. Embroidered. Embroidered this entire piece by herself.
6: Apparently so. You know what they say about busy hands? They don't overthrow legitimate monarchies.
8: (laughs) Your (laughs) Majesty, it is the living end. (laughs) As it is unlikely that the cat would wear the crown, though I suppose there's no law on the books that says that it couldn't, this is surely symbolic. What do you suppose it means, Your Majesty? Well,
9: obviously, the cat is us. Uh, Us? There is only one cat. She means the royal us. Huh. Mm, Them? And the mouse is the filthy French. (laughs) Ah, yes. Les les pamplemousses. I'm sure that's French for mouse. We declare this a tapestry fit for a queen. Me!
8: Oh, (laughs) my heavens to goodness!
10: Oh, I Well, she missed the bloody point, didn't she? Put it on display for all of England to see, hasn't she? Well, I'll show her this time.
5: Your lordship returns
10: Oh, does he? Does he in fact return? Your lordship, welcome home One sees that one's supplies have been retrieved from town For which one is exceedingly grateful
5: Yes, I was able to get you more needles and the fabric you requested And for some reason, a yam I would never presume to understand a feminine art such as sewing. Embroidery. Yes, that one. The basic mechanics of it make a certain sense, I suppose. But I cannot for the life of me reckon what role the yam might play.
10: The Grace must have misread our admittedly less than perfect script. What we had written was, in fact, yarn.
5: Hmm. That does make a bit more sense, yes.
10: But fear not. Our latest creation is complete and requires no additional yarn.
5: Let me just have a look here. That's a. well, obviously a Scotsman because of the kilt, which he is lifting. And emanating from the cheeks of his buttocks is a cloud, which wafts toward a rather startlingly accurate depiction of Her Majesty. That's right. Well, to my untrained eye, this would appear to be somewhat seditious. But as I mentioned previously, this womanly craft is quite alien to me. You
10: just wouldn't mind delivering this to our majestic cousin Elizabeth again. We would very much appreciate it. Also, we have a small list of further supplies, should his lordship be so gracious.
5: Let's see here yarn, written a bit more clearly this time. Thank you for that. Charcoal, potassium nitrate. A sturdy metal tube. Yes, this all seems fine. You have our eternal gratitude, Your Grace.
9: Another delightful addition to our gallery of tribute. It's as though a divine wind of Scottish loyalty is pushing Her Majesty forward.
8: That the wind should emit from such a vulgar place is a bit unsettling. But nevertheless, quite Scottish when you think about it. Indeed!
9: What on earth...
8: (laughs) This is for you, dear cousin. Oh, dear. She appears to be firing some sort of projectile at her majesty.
6: Why, it's a cloth garment of some sort. It's not quite like anything we've ever seen before. The shape of it puts us in mind of a capital letter T and upon it is emblazoned the words, Death to
8: Elizabeth. And she shot that from the back garden all the way into here with that large cylindrical device she's holding. What an
9: extraordinary invention.
8: We quite
6: agree. It would be a tremendous asset for distributing promotional materials at
10: recreational
6: events.
8: Oh, are you fucking kidding me?
2: Count's journal, stardate, uh, two. I've delved deeper into my investigation into where substantial chunks of the show's money have disappeared to. The most obvious culprit was the station's furnace, which is literally powered by burning stacks of money. But, well, Alan insists that the only way to successfully run a capitalist enterprise is either money furnace or some kind of clockwork device lubricated with the blood of the workers. He said this was the lesser of two evils. Uh, There is that special double soundproof room for when Brian visits, but uh, I understand better than anyone why we need that. Then there was Nate's cockfighting pit where werewolves fight instead of roosters, but, uh, well, he paid for that himself with that Kickstarter. I don't know where this money is going. None of these are Department 8.
0: Department 8,
2: is it? I can tell you where that is. Ah, Jesus. Didn't we nuke you from orbit just to be sure?
0: When do you no know further, Matt, or you will know
4: only pain. But if it's pain you want, I've got an agony booth back in my quarters. We gave you quarters? since the beginning. Sabrina set it up.
5: She says I'm adorable.
2: Just tell me where Department 8 is, you woolen freak. What you
5: want is that way.
2: Um, are you trying to point or gesture?
0: Stupid hands. Just go in the door mark Department 8.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah, these brass plaques were an excellent expenditure of funds. Is is Department A a kitten terrarium? Wait a minute, Joe? What are you doing with an Iron Maiden and a sack full of pluots?
3: They are pluots, good eye, Matt. A less skillful eye would have said plums. Are you a fellow fruit spotter?
2: Uh, you know what they say, know your enemy. Wait a minute, you didn't answer my question. And where are those cats?
3: As it happens, one question answers the other. When I insert the pluots into the Iron Maiden and then slam it shut... Voila, Pitch Perfect Kittens.
2: Wouldn't it be easier to just get kittens?
3: No. Have you no respect for the art of Foley?
2: No! I guess not?
3: Besides, kittens don't sound anything like kittens. Nothing sounds like anything. You know that sound of the airlock opening and closing at the beginning and ending of the show?
2: That isn't just the airlock opening and closing? No,
3: we tried that. It sounded like a mouse burping in a sea of cotton. That's... really specific, Joe. Listen, I know my business. Do I come over there and tell you how to be an accountant? No! I wish
2: you
7: would.
3: Wish someone would. Anyway, that sound you hear is generated by a six-day-old loaf of rye bread being slammed in a wooden door. It has to be six days old, it has to be rye, and it has to be a wooden door.
2: How much are we spending on all of this? Look at all this stuff. This sheet labeled thunder appears to be made of finest sterling silver. This can labeled rain I thought would be full of rice, but is in fact full of rubies. And... Is this an original Stradivarius violin?
3: Al trusts me to deliver the very best in sound engineering. And I can't do that without the proper equipment.
2: Well, Al does take these stupid sound effects pretty seriously. Couldn't cut that without him yelling at me. Guess I'm just going to have to find something else. Why are you waving a tuning fork over that roast
3: pheasant? You really thought you'd left the room, didn't you? That's quality.
4: That's about 10,000 volts to the face, Spider-Man! No deal, Electro. I get a headache when I lick a 9-volt battery. Gangway, the Rhino's coming through! You're gonna have to be faster than that, Rhino, and a lot less stupid.
6: Last time we met, Wallcrawler, I tried to rob the First National Bank and you had me put into a home! but I escaped during a bus trip to Atlantic City and now you'll feel the geriatric sting of the
4: vulture! Vultures don't sting. And you're old. Hey, I'm not stupid. Even about there to the fifth daddy Ow! Stop that. That's annoying. How many of you are there? You haven't even met half of the new Sinister 16 yet. A 16? Hey, who invited the Shaka? This team
0: only needs one electric guy, and
4: that's me! Hopefully
1: my daughter gives vibrations
4: You know what? My aunt is dying again. Or possibly dead again. The devil took my wife. I'm failing my classes. I'm about to lose my job. I may have snapped my girlfriend's neck when she fell off that bridge, and on top of everything else, I think I have her piece. Stopping the 16 of you isn't going to earn me dime one toward getting some Valtrex to clear that up. I've had it with this. I quit. You hear me? You won't have Spider-Man to kick around anymore. Sinister 16. How do I even know 16 people want to kill me? do these guys even mean? Is there like a Facebook group or something? Oh, now what's this? Can't even go home now because they're filming a goddamn commercial?
0: Have you actually tried to read these words out loud? Because no human in the history of humans has ever strung together words this poorly? It's like you have no respect for the craft.
9: In fairness, Orson, we're just selling plain white rice.
0: Well, you have to sell it without me. I have better ways to spend my time. I could be working on my magic show. Good day to all of you. <laughs> <sighs>
4: Hey, watch where you're going.
0: Those are some fetching pajamas you're wearing there, my friend. But it's a bit early for All Hallows' Eve. Well, until about five minutes ago, I was Spider-Man. But to hell with that. So you quit, then? You're damn right I quit. Good for you. Damn the man. Damn him, I say. I'm tired of being pushed around and not getting the credit I deserve. Yes. They just don't appreciate genius in this city.
4: Right genius! You see these web-shooters? I invented these when I was in high school, but does anyone ask me where they came from? I expect not. They don't. I could patent these and make millions, but I use them to save people. I, too, have a gift
0: that people take for granted. This rich baritone, for one, and a keen director's eye. I made the Ambersons magnificent. It was I who decided that a touch of evil was enough. I even got people to take Nostradamus seriously.
4: I just... Maybe there's something better for us out there. I always saw myself behind a desk.
0: Now, there's an image. What do you like to do, young man? What's your passion? Well, science. Photography. Photography. So we have something in common. We could pool our resources. Our combined genius could really make a mark on this ungrateful world. Well, standard
4: team-up protocol says that we should fight first. But you know what? To hell with protocol. Let's do this. Capital! By the way,
0: what was that job you just walked out on? Oh, some ridiculous commercial for rice. Nobody can tell Olson Wells what to do. Especially Uncle Ben.
4: <laughs> Uncle Ben.
1: Thank you very much, everyone. That's our show.
2: Hey, Al, how come we don't get mail anymore? Hmm? Well, this used to be the part of the show where we'd answer listeners' mail. Actually, we used to do entire two-hour episodes of that.
1: What have I told you?
2: Oh! None of the episodes before 148 exists anymore.
1: What specific word did I use? Verboten. Yavol. If you want to write to us, you still totally can. The address is sarcasticvoyage at gmail. Our... Matt, what are you doing?
2: Just enjoying a delicious 7-Eleven slurpee. You son of a bitch. Oh, is this something you can't have anymore? Because it's cola-flavored, and I know how much you like cola-flavored things.
1: This is because I slapped you just now, isn't it? Yes, it is. Our website is sarcasticvoyage.com, where you can download episodes, browse our catalog of almost 500 sketches, and listen to our radio plays. I guess. Ah,
2: safe journeys, everyone.
1: Yeah, what he said. (laughs)
7: This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham, with Vishal Baradwaj, Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Dave Fields, Nathan Lajeunesse, Caitlin Obum, Joseph Ravenson, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace, with a special appearance by Malvern Smalown. It was written by Ron Algar Watt with Mark Bosco, Gav Brown, Matt Robotham, and Amanda Smith. It was produced by Algar Productions. Copyright
11: 2015.
2: Bob? Hey, hey Bob. Uh, Do you know where we keep the life support controls?
7: Um,
1: down in the engine room. Why?
2: Thanks! Nothing!
1: Oh, hey, Duncan. You ready to go? Yeah, I'm. I uh, feel dizzy. Yeah. Uh, me too. It's it's like, hang on. Let me let me take a quick molecule count. One mole, two moles, three moles. Okay. Yeah, just as I thought. It, there's exactly enough oxygen for us to live, but. Not enough to actually breathe comfortably. Here comes Matt. Maybe he knows what happened. Hey, hey Matt, you didn't turn off the life support just, just now, did you? Not
2: off, no. After Department 8, life support was the most expensive thing on the station. I nudged the dimmer down. After all, uh we can't oxygenate the whole galaxy. Yeah, I did a
6: good job today. Who's that handsome guy not getting yelled at? It's me.